chapter twenty first of the heart of midlothian by sir walter scott this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by dion gines salt lake city utah now turn the psalms of david over and lilt with holy clangor of double verse come give us four and skirl up the banger burns the next was the important day when according to the forms and ritual of the scottish kirk reuben butler was to be ordained minister of nocturlity by the presbytery of nocturlity and so eager were the whole party that all excepting mrs dutton the destined cowslip of inverary were stirring at an early hour their host whose appetite was as quick and keen as his temper was not long in summoning them to a substantial breakfast where there were at least a dozen of different preparations of milk plenty of cold meat scores boiled and roasted eggs a huge keg of butter half a firkin herrings boiled and broiled fresh and salt and tea and coffee for them that liked it which as their landlord assured them with a nod and a wink pointing at the same time to a little cutter which seemed dodging under the lee of the island cost them little beside the fetching ashore is the contraband trade permitted here so openly said butler i should think it very unfavourable to the people's morals the duke mr butler has given no orders concerning the putting of it down said the magistrate and seemed to think that he had said all that was necessary to justify his connivance butler was a man of prudence and aware that real good can only be obtained by remonstrance when remonstrance is well timed so for the present he said nothing more on the subject when breakfast was half over in flounced mrs dolly as fine as a blue sack and cherry-coloured ribbons could make her good morning to you madam said the master of ceremonies i trust your early rising will not scathe ye the dame apologised to captain knockunder as she was pleased to term their entertainer but as we say in cheshire she added i was like the mayor of altringham who lies in bed while his breeches are mending for the girl did not bring up the right bundle to my room till she had brought up all the others by mistake one after the other well i suppose we are all for church to-day as i understand pray may i be so bold as to ask if it is the fashion for your north country gentlemen to go to church in your petticoats captain knockunder captain of knockunder madam if you please for i knock under to no man and in respect of my garb i shall go to church as i am at your service madam for if i were to lie in bed like your major what d'ye call em till my preaches were mended i might be there all my life seeing i never had a pair of them on my person 
but twice in my life which i am pound to remember it being when the duke brought his duchess here when her grace behooved to be pleasured so i even borrowed the minister's trues for the trois days his grace was pleased to stay but i will put myself under sick confinement again for no man on earth or woman either but her grace always being accepted as in duty bound the mistress of the milking-pail stared but made no answer to this round declaration immediately proceeded to show that the alarm of the preceding evening had in no degree injured her appetite when the meal was finished the captain proposed to them to take boat in order that mrs Jeanie might see her new place of residence and that he himself might inquire whether the necessary preparations had been made there and at the man's for receiving the future inmates of these mansions the morning was delightful and the huge mountain shadows slept upon the mirrored wave of the firth almost as little disturbed as if it had been an inland lake even mrs dutton's fears no longer annoyed her she had been informed by archibald that there was to be some sort of junketing after the sermon and that was what she loved dearly and as for the water it was so still that it would look quite like a pleasuring on the thames the whole party being embarked therefore in a large boat which the captain called his coach and six and attended by a smaller one termed his gig the gallant duncan steered straight upon the little tower of the old-fashioned church of Nocturlity and the exertions of six stout rowers sped them rapidly on their voyage as they neared the land the hills appeared to recede from them and a little valley formed by the descent of a small river from the mountains evolved itself as it were upon their approach the style of the country on each side was simply pastoral and resembled in appearance and character the description of a forgotten scottish poet which runs nearly thus the water gently down a level slid with little din but calthy what it made on ilka side the trees grew thick and long and with the wild birds notes were all in song on either side of full bowshot and more the green was even gowany and fair with easy slope on every hand the braes to the hill's feet with scattered bushes raise with goats and sheep aboon and kye below the bonny banks all in a swarm did go they landed in this highland arcadia at the mouth of the small stream which watered the delightful and peaceable valley inhabitants of several descriptions came to pay their respects to the captain of knockdunder a homage which he was very peremptory in exacting and to see the new settlers some of these were men after david deans's own heart elders of the kirk session zealous professors from the lennox lanarkshire and ayrshire 
to whom the preceding duke of argyle had given rooms in this corner of his estate because they had suffered for joining his father the unfortunate earl during his ill-fated attempt in sixteen eighty six these were cakes of the right leaven for david regaling himself with and had it not been for this circumstance he has been heard to say that the captain of knockdunder would have sworn him out of the country in twenty-four hours so awesome it was to any thinking soul to hear his imprecations upon the slightest temptation that crossed his humour besides these there were a wilder set of parishioners mountaineers from the upper glen and adjacent hill who spoke gaelic went about armed and wore the highland dress but the strict commands of the duke had established such good order in this part of his territories that the gael and saxons lived upon the best possible terms of good neighbourhood they first visited the manse as the parsonage is termed in scotland it was old but in good repair and stood snugly embosomed in a grove of sycamore with a well-stocked garden in front bounded by the small river which was partly visible from the windows partly concealed by the bushes trees and bounding hedge within the house looked less comfortable than it might have been for it had been neglected by the late incumbent but workmen had been labouring under the directions of the captain of knockdunder and at the expense of the duke of argyle to put it into some order the old plenishing had been removed and neat but plain household furniture had been sent down by the duke in a brig of his own called the caroline and was now ready to be placed in order in the apartments the gracious duncan finding matters were at a stand among the workmen summoned before him the delinquents and impressed all who heard him with a sense of his authority by the penalties with which he threatened them for their delay mulcting them in half their charge he assured them would be the least of it for if they were to neglect his pleasure and the duke's he would be tamed if he paid them the other half either and they might seek law for it where they could get it the workpeople humbled themselves before the offended dignitary and spoke him soft and fair and at length upon mr butler recalling to his mind that it was the ordination day and that the workmen were probably thinking of going to church knockdunder agreed to forgive them out of respect to their new minister but an i catch them neglecting my duty again mr butler the tail pee in me if the kirk shall be an excuse for what has the like of them reperees to do at the kirk any day but sundays or then either if the duke and i has the necessitous uses for them it may be guessed with what feelings of quiet satisfaction and delight butler looked forward to spending his days honoured and useful as he trusted to be in this sequestered valley and how often an intelligent glance was exchanged betwixt him and genie 
whose good-humoured face looked positively handsome from the expression of modesty and at the same time of satisfaction which she wore when visiting the apartments of which she was soon to call herself mistress she was left at liberty to give more open indulgence to her feelings of delight and admiration when leaving the man's the company proceeded to examine the destined habitation of david deans Cheney found with pleasure that it was not above a musket-shot from the man's for it had been a bar to her happiness to think she might be obliged to reside at a distance from her father and she was aware that there were strong objections to his actually living in the same house with butler but this brief distance was the very thing which she could have wished the farmhouse was on a plan of an improved cottage and contrived with great regard to convenience an excellent little garden an orchard and a set of offices complete according to the best ideas of the time combined to render it a most desirable habitation for the practical farmer and far superior to the hovel at wood end and the small house at st leonard's crags the situation was considerably higher than that of the man's and fronted to the west the windows commanded an enchanting view of the little vale over which the mansion seemed to preside the windings of the stream and the firth with its associated lakes and romantic islands the hills of dumbartonshire once possessed by the fierce clan of macfarlands formed a crescent behind the valley and far to the right were seen the dusky and more gigantic mountains of argyleshire with a seaward view of the shattered and thunder-splitten peaks of erin but to jeanie whose taste for the picturesque if she had any by nature had never been awakened or cultivated the sight of the faithful old may hetley as she opened the door to receive them in her clean toy sunday's russet gown and blue apron nicely smoothed down before her was worth the whole varied landscape the raptures of the faithful old creature at seeing jeanie were equal to her own as she hastened to assure her that both the good man and the beasts had been as well seen after as she possibly could contrive separating her from the rest of the company may then hurried her young mistress to the offices that she might receive the compliments she expected for her care of the cows jeanie rejoiced in the simplicity of her heart to see her charge once more and the mute favourites of our heroine gowans and the others acknowledged her presence by lowing turning round their broad and decent brows when they heard her well-known prue my leddy prue my woman and by various indications known only to those who have studied the habits of the milky mothers showing sensible pleasure as she approached to caress them in their turn the very brute beasts are glad to see ye again said may 
but no wonder Jeanie, for ye were i kind to beast and body and i maun learn to call ye mistress now Jeanie, since ye have been up to lunnon and seen the duke and the king and all the braw folk but what cans added the old dame slyly what i'll have to call ye for by mistress for i am thinking it wanna long be deans call me your own Jeanie, may and then ye can never gang wrong in the cowhouse which they examined there was one animal which Jeanie looked at till the tears gushed from her eyes may who had watched her with a sympathizing expression immediately observed in an undertone the good man i sorts that beast himself and is kinder to it than any beast in the byre and i noticed he was that way even when he was angriest and had most cause to be angry eh sirs a parent's heart's a queer thing many a warsel he has had for that poor lassie i am thinking he petitions more for her than for yourself henny for what can he plead for you but just to wish you the blessing ye deserve and when i sleep it anaunt the helen when we first came here he was often earnest all night and i could hear him come over and over again with effie poor blinded misguided thing it was i effie effie if that poor wandering lamb come and gnaw into the sheepfold in the shepherd's own time it will be an unco wonder for i wot she has been a child of prayers oh if the poor prodigal would return so blithely as the good man would kill the fatted calf though brocky's calf will no be fit for killing this three weeks yet and then with the discursive talent of persons of her description she got once more afloat in her account of domestic affairs and left this delicate and affecting topic having looked at everything in the offices and the dairy and expressed her satisfaction with the manner in which matters had been managed in her absence Jeanie rejoined the rest of the party who were surveying the interior of the house all excepting david deans and butler who had gone down to the church to meet the kirk session and the clergyman of the presbytery and arrange matters for the duty of the day in the interior of the cottage all was clean neat and suitable to the exterior it had been originally built and furnished by the duke as a retreat for a favorite domestic of the higher class who did not long enjoy it and had been dead only a few months so that everything was in excellent taste and good order but in Jeanie's bedroom was a neat trunk which had greatly excited mrs dutton's curiosity for she was sure that the direction for mrs jean deans at auchengower p 
parish of noctolity was the writing of mrs semple the duchess's own woman may hetley produced the key in a sealed parcel which bore the same address and attached to the key was a label intimating that the trunk and its contents were a token of remembrance to jeanie deans from her friends the duchess of argyle and the young ladies the trunk hastily opened as the reader will not doubt was found to be full of wearing apparel of the best quality suited to jeanie's rank in life and to most of the articles the names of the particular donors were attached as if to make jeanie sensible not only of the general but of the individual interest she had excited in the noble family to name the various articles by their appropriate names would be to attempt things unattempted yet in prose or rhyme besides that the old-fashioned terms of manteaus sacks kissing strings and so forth would convey but little information even to the milliners of the present day i shall deposit however an accurate inventory of the contents of the trunk with my kind friend mrs martha buskbody who has promised should the public curiosity seem interested in the subject to supply me with a professional glossary and commentary suffice it to say that the gift was such as became the donors and was suited to the situation of the receiver that everything was handsome and appropriate and nothing forgotten which belonged to the wardrobe of a young person in jeanie's situation in life the destined bride of a respectable clergyman article after article was displayed commented upon and admired to the wonder of may who declared she didna think the queen had more or better clothes and somewhat to the envy of the northern cowslip this unamiable but not very unnatural disposition of mind broke forth in sundry unfounded criticisms to the disparagement of the articles as they were severally exhibited but it assumed a more direct character when at the bottom of all was found a dress of white silk very plainly made but still of white silk and french silk to boot with a paper pinned to it bearing that it was a present from the duke of argyle to his travelling companion to be worn on the day when she should change her name mrs dutton could forbear no longer but whispered into mr archibald's ear that it was a clever thing to be a scotchwoman she supposed all her sisters and she had half a dozen might have been hanged without any one sending her a present of a pocket-handkerchief or without your making any exertion to save them mrs dolly answered archibald dryly but i am surprised we do not hear the bell yet said he looking at his watch fought to devil mr archibald answered the captain of knockdunder would ye have them ring the bell before i am ready to gang to kirk i would gar the bedril eat the bell-rope if he took any sick freedom but if ye want to hear the bell i will just show myself on the knowhead and it will begin jowing forthwith 
accordingly so soon as they sallied out and that the gold-laced hat of the captain was seen rising like hesper above the dewy verge of the rising ground the clash for it was rather a clash than a clang of the bell was heard from the old moss-grown tower and the clapper continued to thump its cracked sides all the while they advanced towards the kirk duncan exhorting them to take their own time for till any sport would be till he came accordingly the bell only changed to the final and impatient chime when they crossed the stile and rang in that is concluded its mistuned summons when they had entered the duke's seat in the little kirk where the whole party arranged themselves with duncan at their head excepting david deans who already occupied a seat among the elders the business of the day with a particular detail of which it is unnecessary to trouble the reader was gone through according to the established form and the sermon pronounced upon the occasion had the good fortune to please even the critical david deans though it was only an hour and a quarter long which david termed a short allowance of spiritual provender the preacher who was a divine that held many of david's opinions privately apologized for his brevity by saying that he observed the captain was gaunting grievously and that if he had detained him longer there was no knowing how long he might be in paying the next term's victual stipend david groaned to find that such carnal motives could have influence upon the mind of a powerful preacher he had indeed been scandalized by another circumstance during the service so soon as the congregation were seated after prayers and the clergyman had read his text the gracious duncan after rummaging the leathern purse which hung in front of his petticoat produced a short tobacco-pipe made of iron and observed almost aloud i have forgotten my splooching lackin gang up to the clackin and bring me up a pennyworth of twist six arms the nearest within reach presented with an obedient start as many tobacco-pouches to the man of office he made choice of one with a nod of acknowledgment filled his pipe lighted it with the assistance of his pistol-flint and smoked with infinite composure during the whole time of the sermon when the discourse was finished he knocked the ashes out of his pipe replaced it in his sporin returned the tobacco-pouch or splucan to its owner and joined in the prayer with decency and attention at the end of the service when butler had been admitted minister of the kirk of noctorlidi with all its spiritual immunities and privileges david who had frowned groaned and murmured at noctunder's irreverent demeanour communicated his plain thoughts of the matter to isaac micklehose one of the elders with whom a reverential aspect and huge grizzle wig had especially disposed him to seek fraternization it didna become a wild indian david said much less a christian and a gentleman to sit in the kirk 
puffing tobacco reek as if he were in a change-house meiklehose shook his head and allowed it was far from beseeming but what will ye say the captain's a queer hand and to speak to him about that or anything else that crosses the maggot would be to set the kiln alow he keeps a high hand over the country and we couldna deal with the highland men without his protection since all the keys of the country hings at his belt and he's no an ill body in the main and maistry ye can maws the meadows down that may be very true neighbour said david but reuben butler isna the man i take him to be if he disna learn the captain to fuff his pipe some other gate than in god's house or the quarter be over fair and softly gangs far said meiklehose and if a fool may give a wise man a counsel i would have him think twice or he mells with knocked under he would hang a lang shanket spoon that would sup kale with the devil but they are all away to their dinner to the change-house and if we dinna mend our pace we'll come short at meal-time david accompanied his friend without answer but began to feel from experience that the glen of noctrilidy like the rest of the world was haunted by its own special subjects of regret and discontent his mind was so much occupied by considering the best means of converting duncan of knock to a sense of reverend decency during public worship that he altogether forgot to inquire whether butler was called upon to subscribe the oaths to government some have insinuated that his neglect on this head was in some degree intentional but i think this explanation inconsistent with the simplicity of my friend david's character neither have i ever been able by the most minute inquiries to know whether the formula at which he so much scrupled had been exacted from butler ay or no the books of the kirk session might have thrown some light on this matter but unfortunately they were destroyed in the year seventeen forty six by one donitcha du na dunna at the instance it was said or at least by the connivance of the gracious duncan of knock who had a desire to obliterate the recorded foibles of a certain kate finlayson End of chapter 21st